You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Good morning, Vineyard Community Church. It's good to see all your smiling faces today. Uh, Good to see those online as we can't see you, but we know you're there watching as well. Um, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to share here this morning and uh, look forward to what God's put on my heart. I think, um, you know, as we talk about this subject of following Jesus, it's so important for us uh, in what we do in our lives. Amen? It's, It's so important what we see in our lives and how we follow Jesus. And as Rick was asking me to share a few weeks back, I immediately picked up on this subject, the woman at the well, because I, I related to it. And that kind of sounds awkward for a man, right? Come on, man. Be with me here. But I, I, was, I related to this subject so well because I, I started thinking about this and how it relates to us. And, you know, men, I, I know that us men, we're looking for the jawbone story. We want to hear the the wars and the attacks of the Israelites and how they won the, the battles and all those things. But I think we can learn a lot, men, if we open our hearts today and receive. Women will naturally gravitate to the story just because they're gender and they can relate to women and how they relate to this situation. But as we talk about this following Jesus, I want to look in John chapter 4 today, and we're going to kind of dig into some things this morning about the woman at the well and how it relates to us as believers So I hope we can learn some things today. We can learn how an encounter changes our life and how it impacts a city. And we can also learn by this story about how we should respond to encounter. How many of you have ever had an encounter with Jesus? Just that time in your life when you you know that it was God that touched you. It was Jesus that came into your heart. And so this is exactly what happens in this story, which is so awesome. And I'd just like to open in prayer, if you would, with me this morning. Father, we just come to you. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that is here today with us. We thank you, Lord, that as we open our hearts to see and to hear what you're speaking from your words this morning in this story, that we would open our hearts, that we would open our hearts for not only following Jesus in a deeper place, but also into a a more intimate place place with you. Holy Spirit, work in our hearts. Open our hearts this morning as we hear your words, and we want to have this encounter with you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. First thing that I want to share this morning about this story that I thought was so unique and interesting is, the first point is, Jesus meets her where she is. Isn't that great that Jesus meets us where we are? John chapter 4, we're going to look at verse 3 here. It says, this speaking of Jesus, he says, He left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. I don't know if you're an underlining, Bible underlining person, but that's a great scripture to underline. It says, but he needed to go. What's this mean? This means he had an appointed time to meet with her this day. It was no accident that God was going on this journey. In fact, if you look at the backstory, Samaritans and Jews did not get along. They didn't, they didn't like each other very well. There was a little bit of a race contention going on between their generations. And so we see that typically Jews would actually take the long way around Samaria 
because they didn't want to have any interactions with the Jews. But the Bible says here in verse 4, but he, Jesus, needed to go. So underline your word needed if you have your Bible with you or make a mental note of that because it was no coincidence that Jesus was going to encounter this woman this day. Encounter with Jesus changes our lives. Can I say that again? Encounter with Jesus will change our lives. There is no chance that we will not be changed when we truly come into a place of encounter with God. Today was her day. Can today be your day? It can. It's a choice. We're going to read a few passages of the Scripture here starting in John chapter 5. And just follow along with me and then we'll, we'll have some words to discuss. John chapter 4, verse 5, it says, So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour, or it was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink of a Samaritan woman? Notice it says, Samaritan woman. Two things that she had against her. She was not only a Samaritan, but she was also a woman in this case. How is it that you, being a uh, I'm going to read that again. How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink of me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that stands before you today, you would have said, Give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Verse 11 says, Then the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it, and as well as his sons and livestock? Jesus answered and said, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Speaking of the natural water here. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Verse 15 seals the deal here a little bit. The woman said, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw again. There was a little bit of a discussion going on here, wasn't there? She was looking at the natural. How many of us look at the natural when we come through things in our life? We look at the natural. We see it every day. But Jesus is trying to get her to see the spiritual aspects of this what He can give her that will change her heart, what He can give her that will change her whole perspective in life. Verse 15, I'll read it again. The woman said, Sir, give me, a, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus is offering her something spiritual for something that was natural. Oh, you got to get that. Jesus was offering her something spiritual for something that was natural. She has a choice. Will she make this trade that He's offering her? I, I don't know about you, but I found personally that Jesus offers me many things. Sometimes I don't always take Him up on the offer. I should. 
as a believer, I've been saved for many years now, and as a believer, I should know better, but many times I don't always do the right thing and make the trade that God has offered me. She has a choice. Will she keep the old way or will she go with the new way? Will she come to the place of, of the spiritual or will she take the natural way? Letting go of the familiar to embrace the new. See, God has something to offer us. He has something to offer us to replace the pain. How many of you would like some of your pain replaced today? How many of you would like some of your hurt replaced today? God has got something to offer. And He wants to encounter you. He wants you to follow Him. And when we do, we know something's going to happen. God is going to give us something for the, the pain that we have. I, I remember years ago, a sermon or a teaching that I heard, it's kind of like we, we put backpacks of pain on our, our, our lives, and we put this great big backpack, and it's got all the pain, the hurt, the, the rejection, the frustrations, the failures. How many of you had a few failures in your life? Don't, ra don't all raise your hand at once. And we hold on to that thing like it's the most precious thing in the world. We put it on our backs, and guess what it does? It weighs us down. Makes it so hard to walk in our life. Makes it so hard to even sometimes follow Jesus because we've got this pain and this hurt and this thing in our life that we're holding on to with everything that's within us. But here we see this woman, and we can learn from her. She starts to make the trade. Next thing is she opens her heart. This is so powerful. She opens her heart to receive. I mean, it's not normal. It's a Samaritan woman talking to a rabbi priest of a Jewish nation. It's not normal. It's, it's outside. In fact, if you read the, the text, even the, even the disciples come back and say, what are you doing, Jesus? Why are you talking to this woman? And he goes on to tell them he's got a greater calling than they can even imagine. She opens her heart. She had a choice, though. Was pain and rejection going to be the story of the day or was healing and freedom going to send her out of there? That's a choice that she had. By our human nature and tendency, come on, I'm just going to get real with you. Is that okay? By our human nature and tendency, we hold on to the human. Ouch, it hurts sometimes, but we do that because it's familiar to us. We know it. We understand it. Even though we hate it, we, don't want, we know we don't want this pain in our lives, but we hold on to it because it's familiar to us. Turn to your neighbor and say, but Jesus. Come on, put your elbow into it now. Say, but Jesus. Encounter with Jesus will change your heart. Listen, her heart was damaged. I'm going to say this, damaged beyond human repair. How many have been there? Only Jesus was going to change her heart. She needed to have a Messiah come who was going to set her free from the pain that she was in. Pain, rejection, isolation, all those things, you put the words in it. It doesn't matter what it is. It has affected your life. And Jesus is here today to encounter you. It was a heaven meets earth experience. Jesus from heaven meeting this woman 
on earth to set her free. Man, can you say hallelujah? That is so awesome. Jesus, this is one of the most powerful. If you don't get anything out of this sermon today, but this, get this, okay? Jesus reaches through our pain, our hurt, our rejection, and touches us at the place of change, which is our hearts. That's what He did to this woman. But Jesus has to show her something. He has to tell her something. He has to reveal something to her that He has to reveal to us, and that's the conditions of our hearts. God worked this way in Adam and Eve. How many remember the story of Adam and Eve? One of the, if you've ever wondered when, where the uh, hide-and-seek story began, where that, that game got invented, it was in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were in the, the garden walking, and the Lord came in the cool of the day, and He said, where are you? Now, how many of you know God knew where they were? And so God has to get us to realize where we are and the need that we have for Him. And Jesus goes on to show her this. In verse 16 of John chapter 4, it says, Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have said, Well, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you have now is not your husband. In that you have spoken truly. So he says, go, go get your husband and bring him here. I want to talk to both of you together. Knowing the answer, like God normally does. She says, I'm not married. I don't have a husband. And isn't it like the Lord to, to hit us with a love bomb of truth? How many of you ever got hit with a love bomb of truth from, from God? And it's important to note here that he's not condemning her. You could read this and say, man, he's really hitting her hard. He's really just trying to hammer her down. You've had five husbands. You're you're just no good. No, he's not doing that. He's saying saying this. He goes, "I'm, I'm saying I see your failures. I see your pain, but I see through it. I see more than what you have been labeled for, labeled by, by the world, by others, and even by yourself. When I studied this in the past, I always thought that, uh, you know, it was maybe she just made, made some bad choices. You know, she just had a bad choice of men. You know, it could have been that. Maybe she was looking for love in all the wrong places, like the old country song says. You know, I mean, she was looking for love in the wrong places. But I even think it's deeper than that. Sure, she made some bad choices. Sure, we've made some bad choices. But really, it's more about rejection. It's more about her being rejected by men and by her own people than more than anything. Listen, she had five husbands that decided to say, you know what? You're not worth it. I'm leaving. And the one that she was with now said, I don't even want to commit to you in marriage because I'm not even that much committed to you. Rejection. Pain. Suffering. And then it goes on. Even the women in her neighborhood rejected her. She could not even go to the well in the morning when the other women went to the well because she was shunned by them because of her life. Mm. 
And then it goes on even deeper than this. I'll just I'll state this because maybe some of you can relate. Because she felt rejected by men, and because she felt rejected by mankind, she believed the lie and she rejected herself. Oh, come on now. Many times we've rejected ourselves. Many times we've said, I'm not worth it. But she was rejected by men, but accepted by God. Oh, come on. That is so powerful. She was rejected by men, but accepted by God. The next thing that we go into here is this, this interesting topic. The first discussion that she has is it's worship is at the beginning. Notice the first question that she asks. Verse 20 says, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place where we ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship your father, worship the father. You worship what you do not know, but we worship what we know, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is. Say now is. And when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is a spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. What's he saying? He's saying, hey, look, no longer are there going to be rules that you have to go to a certain place to worship God. You can worship Him anywhere. Wow, worship was good today, by the way. And I, I was really just touched by the worship this morning. But we, we can we come together, we worship Him here. But you know what? You can worship Him when you leave here today on your car on the way home. You can worship Him when you get home today. And that's what Jesus did for us. He, he separated us from that whole legalistic way of doing worship. Verse 25, it says, Then the woman said to Him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. In verse 26, very powerful verse, Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Her heart was connecting with worship. Why? Because this is a place that we connect with God through worship. Not just at a worship service like this today, but anytime we are living in our lives through worship. Not just playing of music. I'm talking about worship. I'm talking about being before God and being in their proper place place with Him, a place of worship. Worship brings us into an encounter. Encounter brings us into a place of change or transformation as we've been talking about. Worship is a place that God meets with us. Do you remember the stories of Moses when he was before the Lord in the Old Testament? What happened to him? He'd come out of this place, where it was the burning bush, or wherever it is up on a mountain, right? You guys remember the story. You're scholars of the Word, I know. And you've heard the stories. And what happened to him? He would have to veil his face because the glory of the Lord was so powerful that the people could not withstand it. Man, that is where we need to be today because something happens to this woman. She is transformed by this conversation that she's having with the Messiah. She is being transformed and renewed by this short conversation about living water and the water that Jacob provided. See, Jacob's water was great for the season, right? Jacob's water was perfect for the season that, that they had. 
But Jacob's water was the old way, and Jesus was bringing in a new way. What's God saying to you? to us as a people. Is He wanting us to to do it the old way or is He wanting to let God take something and move it in a new way for us in our hearts? I would say He wants to do something new. The old was great for the season, but God wants to do something new. The next point here is that transformation starts from the inside out. It starts on the inside in our hearts. It never starts on the outside. How many of you ever tried to be conformed from the outside in? Come on now. We've all been in church a long time. Be good. Do good. Do the right thing. Say the right thing. Be the right person. I'm not saying those are all not good things to do. They are. We should try to be good people. We should try to do the right things. But if the inside is still broken, what's coming out? Brokenness. God wants to change us from the inside out. The Pharisees were sad, you see. Right? Haven't you heard that before? The Pharisees were sad, you see. Why? Because they always wanted to change the outside and not the inside. They were more concerned about how we looked, how we walked, how we talked, how we, how we preached, how we acted, how we behaved. Instead, they were missing the greater thing, how we were in the inside. True transformation always points us back to Jesus. We see the story, and here here this woman is, she gets changed, and what's the first thing she does? She goes running through the village and the, the city and telling everybody about this man who told her everything. Verse 39 here, we can read this, says, And many of the Samaritans of the city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. Testify. He told me everything that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days, and many more believed because of this woman. Oh, you got to get this today. When our lives get changed... What happens? Other lives get changed. I'm talking about true change. I'm talking about when somebody sees you get healed of something uh, in your heart, in your your minds, whatever you're going through, when true change happens, oh my goodness, God can do miracles. You know what we need today? (laughs) We need a few hearts to get changed in our society, in our world, in in the United States of America. Amen? Come on now, say amen. We can just be free in here, right? This is church. We need a few lives to get changed and touched and changed from the inside out. Because religion has failed. Can I just, can I, Pastor, can I be honest? I, I think you've said this before. Religion has failed. Religion has failed us, failed me, failed the church, failed, failed everybody. We can see it in the Pharisees and the Sadducees. We can see how they tried to make us form to a form of godliness, but but denying the power thereof, the Scripture says. And we are coming into a place where we have to walk into God's presence and encounter Him. 
I don't know about you, but I want to be one to say, he changed me. You know, the Gaither song, he touched me. When Jesus reaches through, oh, come on. When Jesus reaches through the pain, the rejection, the isolationism, the hurt that is in our lives, reaches through all that stuff and touches our hearts, that's when true change happens. What happened that day? She became a walking, living, breathing miracle. I'm not against healings. I, I think that healings are great. I, I, I'm not against supernatural manifestations at all. But I just want to state something today that I think that, that we have lost along the way. The greatest miracle today forever has been the changing of a heart. When you got saved, when you gave your heart to the Lord, that was the greatest miracle that ever happened. Because you made a change. You said, hey, you know what? God's calling me. I'm changing directions. And that change is a, one of the greatest miracles. And this lady became a miracle that day. True encounter is infectious. It transforms and it always points back to the one who did it, Jesus. Always. Thank you, Lord. Let's go ahead and prepare your hearts for communion today. Getting something out of this today? Amen. Pray that God, the Holy Spirit, is touching you and ministering to you. For those of you who are watching, I believe the Holy Spirit can really touch you today as you're watching and reading along as God is speaking to you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your body this morning. Lord, we invite you into our hearts. We invite you into our lives. We invite you into our pain, into our hurt. And we thank you, Lord, that your body was broken for me. It was broken so that I don't have to continue to live in the pain, in the hurt, in the rejection in the fear, in the isolation, whatever it is that you're going through. Father, we just pray, Lord, right now that as we partake of this body, that we remember the sacrifice that you made for us, that you stepped into our place that we deserved. We thank you for your body in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your blood. Your blood that sets us free. Your blood that rewrites history for us, as we sang this morning. Rewrites our history. We thank you for your blood that cleanses us, that sets us free. Father, we just pray and we just receive your blood today as we partake together.
you, Lord. I'd like to go ahead and have the worship team prepare to come back. You know, maybe you've been through some difficult seasons in life. I know I have. Maybe you've been through some difficulties. Maybe things are growing great right now, and that's, that's awesome. But let's be a miracle today. Let's not let circumstances or pain or hurt in our hearts stop us from getting back into that place that God wants us to be and never underestimate the power of a changed heart. I wanted to finish today with a poem that I found. And I'll read this and then we can turn it over to the worship team and the rest of the service. But I wanted to share this. We can make copies of this, maybe Michelle if, if others want it. says, when our past has cast a shadow, even sunshine can't dispel. There is one who knows and loves us who will meet us at the well. When our first love's far behind us and we're shocked how far we fell. Look how far he's come to save us. Look, he's waiting at the well. When we're shackled with the secret like a captive in a cell, there's one who knows completely and will free us at the well. When we're hurt by long rejection, bitter looks, and angry yells, we find pardon and acceptance offered freely at the well. When we've drunk the living water and we feel like empty shells, we're overdue for a visit to the healer at the well. When we can't afford perfection, but find grace a grace a harder sell, if we're ready to accept it, there's freedom at the well. When we're busy and exhausted, sit beside him for a spell. There's an open invitation, come and join him at the well. When you find such love and mercy, it's our joy to run and tell. Come and bring the others with you. Come, be the man of God or woman of God at the well. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.